Oh, no. All right, so what is the importance of a healthy church? We're going to start off on, on, on this, this foot, this note today. You've got to give me a little bit of interaction here. We talked about this last two weeks, and we're, I want to really, um, as we end today, I want to uh, have, a, um, have a firm foundation and be able to understand why we are stressing uh, the importance of um, the health of our church. Can anybody just tell me that? What's the importance of a healthy church? So, thank you for discipleship, right? A, a healthy church, it provides the opportunity and it's the optimal opportunity for maturing as disciples of Jesus Christ. Last week, I, I said this and I'm still going to stick by it. Um, I believe that the, why you are here and everyone who is here, deep down, you want to please God. You want to live a life pleasing to God. So you want to be able to say, um, when, uh, when you stand in front of, of, of him at the, at the end, and, because everybody will, say, I, I, just, I want to be able to present my life pleasing to you. But that happens now. We, we live this life right now. And I think that as we um, progress in our life, as we understand that this life has significance for the life to come, because we talk, we talk about, uh, Paul said that um, uh, bodily training is of some value, but training in godliness is of value not only for this time, meaning this life, but also for the life to come. Uh, you, you will take your understanding of who God is with you when you go to meet him. Some people are like, well, you know, I've always heard that you don't take anything with you. Well, you don't take a U-Haul. You, you, you don't take your boat, you don't take your bike, you don't take your favorite dog. There may be dogs in heaven, definitely not cats. We have already established that, right? <laughs> there we go. But what we need to understand is that God wants us to grow in knowledge of him because for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever, we're going to be learning about him. So it, it is imperative, it is important for us to be able to mature, for us to grow now so that when we get to heaven, um, we can, and I don't, please don't hear me like, well, you're going to be ahead of the line in heaven. No. So when we are presented before him, we can say, hey, my life, I did my best. Remember, spudazo, I did my best to live my life pleasing to you. That's why we come here and that's why we want to mature as disciples of Jesus Christ. Because no one has it all right, right? Remember last week we talked about the, the if you say you're without sin, you make God a liar? Well, what we need to understand is we need to identify, okay, the, the, the sin that I have in my life, Christ has overcome that and he is purging it out. He is cleansing that out of us. And as we come together as a, a church and as we are a healthy church, a body of believers, what we can understand is we can learn what it means to behave um, as believers in Jesus Christ. And that's what Tim, or Paul told Timothy um, uh, in, in uh, the, the first letter there of Timothy. So with all of that, we talked about characteristics, and we started last week on the, the characteristics. There was three of them. The first one was what? Real, all right. The second one was relational, absolutely. And I, I told you the third, we didn't, we didn't talk about it a lot, but what was the third one? Reproductive, absolutely. So what I want to do today is I want to um, uh, talk about the, the reproductive part, but I want to talk starting with the relational aspect because I believe if we are real, and we talked about being real in our faith, 
We talked about being real with ourselves, and we talked about being real with our lives. We talked, those three things are the areas in which we need to be real in. And then we talked about being relational with God, so our relationship with God, then our relationship with others. I believe that if we have the real and the relational in place, and if you're a math, math gal or guy, you're, you're thinking, okay, real plus relational equals reproductivity. I have a, always have a hard time saying that word. Reproductivity. So I, I think that these elements have to be in place so that we can reproduce. Um, now, when I say reproduce, uh, I know where, where most minds are going because we're going to uh, think about, okay, uh, reproduction in the church. That means making disciples. Jesus talked in Matthew chapter 28. You can turn there. In Matthew chapter 28, um, he talks about um, what the, we are supposed to be doing as the church, as disciples. But I, I don't want to um, stay there. Because I, I, I believe that there's way more to this than, than, what, um, uh, than what, we, what we think. Now, verse 16, I will start there. Matthew 28, verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Okay, so real quick, uh, Jesus has died. Uh, Jesus ha- has been buried. He has risen on the third day. So he is alive. Now he spent uh, 40 days on earth with uh, the disciples. There's many interactions. Paul says that at at one time there was more than 500 individuals present to see him. So this is after the time that Jesus, um, after he rose from the dead, after he spent time on earth, he's getting ready to ascend to the Father where he is today. Can anybody tell me uh, the position in which Jesus um, uh, uh, sustains and maintains right now? He's, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, and, and, and because he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and, and there's a lot of understanding that goes into that, one of the things is that the right hand is, is power. So he's seated in the position of power. He's awaiting his orders to, um, from, from the Father to say, go get him. Now, when I say he's waiting for the, the orders to say, to go get him, that's meaning go get the church. Go, go, go rally up, go, go um, the, the word is rapture up, to take up the church, take up the church, bring the church home to me. He's waiting for that. Now, in, in this time that he, he's waiting, there is a, a preparedness in which we have to have so that when he comes back, as John says, that we um, do not, or we, we are not showing ourselves ashamed. We're not presenting ourselves with shame to him. We're, Put it this way. We're not going like, snap, I got caught doing this when he comes back, right? The Bible says he can come back at any time. And, and I, I, love, I, I love painting this imagery, and I, I really love doing it with my son because uh, he, he's still at that age I can manipulate him. Pray for me, right? <laughs> so I, I, I look at, at Gabe, and he's doing something. I ask him, hey, Gabe, would you be doing that if, if Daddy was there, right? In the same sense, we have to ask ourselves, what you're doing, whatever it is, whenever it is, however it is, um, what would you do if Jesus came back right now and caught you doing that? Kind of puts a little bit different perspective on it, right? Oh, God's a, 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 a God of love and he forgives. Absolutely, I get that. I understand. I believe that. 
But I want to be able to, when he, does that mean that I'm perfect? Absolutely not. There are times that I got to tell myself that, hey, Lee, you're doing something stupid now. What, what if Jesus came back right now? Because he says that he'll come back as a thief in the night. What if he comes back right now and catches you doing that? Well, here's the thing. He already knows you're doing it right now. What's the difference if he's, if he's present here, like physically present here, or if he's not? Because he knows what you're doing. We got to think that way. And that's that when Paul talks to, to Timothy um, in, in the church of Ephesus, they're saying like, there's a way in which we are to behave in the household of God. That is what he's talking about. Live your life in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. Live your life in a manner that if God came back, if Jesus came back right now, you wouldn't say, dang, I got caught. Are we all tracking? Yeah. So, so this is where you got to, hey, look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm, you better uh, mind your P's and Q's, right? No one's going to say that, right? No? Chickens. If my wife is here, I'd tell her that. Right. Yeah. She, she make sure she went back downstairs. She don't listen to the podcast anyway, so I can say whatever I want, so you guys can't say anything. It's pastor parishioner confidentiality. It goes both ways. <laughs> right? Hypocrites. So it says, and when, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and I think that that's important that, that uh, if you want to hear about that, go back in, in the sermons. Because I don't know if they, I, I, I believe that there was more doubt in themselves than the doubt in Jesus, but that's for another, for another day. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I love how he says that. Okay, um, all power, all authority, not only um, uh, here right now, but on, in, in, in heaven. So he's saying all authority everywhere, anytime is mine. It's all been given to me. Why does he start out that way? Because he's going to give one of the most, if not the scariest task for anyone to ever engage in uh, here next. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, as he, he tells us to go and make disciples, I believe that, that in the, the going and the making of disciples, this is the reproductivity aspect of the, what the church is supposed to be. Now, with that said, I don't think it's primarily, uh, it's primarily the word I want to use. I should say it is, it is ultimately, this is ultimately the reproductivity in which we are supposed to do at the church, but it's not the only reproductivity we're uh, to do at the church. Uh, I, I've said in the past, and I'll say it again, I fully believe that being a disciple produces the making of disciples. We, and this is not to, to um, uh, minimize anybody's spirituality or anybody's walk at all. I believe as a, a, an overall, uh, um, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. As, as, as I look out over everyone here, uh, a general consensus would be that we need to be better disciples. Focus on the being and the making will happen. Now, please don't hear me say that the making isn't important. I think the making of disciples is vitally important, but you can't make something you're not, right? So we need to be so that we can make. We, 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 we tracking with that? 
And that's where I, we're, we've spent some time in the past uh, few months. We're going to spend some time for the, the remainder of this year in the, the being a disciple because I want us to be so that we can make. And with that in mind, the reproductivity that I want to talk about is, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit, is um, we want to reproduce right behavior. Now, this is not behavioral modification, this is not just, okay, if you act this way, then everything's going to be okay. No, I, I want you to be, I want us to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to think differently. Therefore, we're going to feel differently. Therefore, we're going to act differently, right? You guys have heard that before, right? The way in which you think determines the way in which you feel, and the way in which you feel determines the way in which you act. The actions of behavior. If we want to change the way in which we act, we got to go back to the changing the way in which we think. And we want to have that mind of Christ. And we want to understand that my behavior, it, my training in godliness, and, and that's, that's what the behavior is. I want to train in godliness is important because I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. I, I believe that. I, I honestly do. I believe that about th this crowd here. I cannot speak for the big, we did this last week. It's this way, right? The big C church, we're going to talk about the little C church, a.k.a. LifePoint Church. I can't speak for anybody other than, than us. I, I, I believe that, that, that you want to live a life pleasing to God, but you need help. And, and that's okay. Just like Chuck needs help walking. It's okay. Come on, Chuck. You know, I was going to get it in there sooner or later. I know, right? This is a splash zone right here. I just spit all over the place. <laughs> now, we need help to train in godliness, and it's okay. It is very okay to gain or give the help. Am I too close to you, Bobby? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not gel in his hair. That's me spitting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about that? You should have left his hat on. Yeah, you should have left your hat on, man. <laughs> So training in the, the, the reproductivity, I think that, that is important here. One aspect of it is the, the right behavior. Well, we, we do need to, to behave right because what we need to do is we want to attract people so they can um, hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They can understand that, that, that God has a plan for their lives. God has a plan for each one of our lives. And what we need to do is we need to um, accept that. Everyone here, if you're sitting here hearing the sound of my voice, God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter if you're a little guy or if you're a big guy, if you're a little girl or if you're a big girl. It doesn't matter. God has a plan. Now, that plan just doesn't happen. You're not walking down the street and all of a sudden, boom, it smacks you. No, God makes it perfectly clear in his word that we are trained for that. Some of the, that training happens in the trials in which we have in life. No one wants trials, but what are we learning through that? What are we learning through that difficult relationship in which we're in? What are we learning from that loss in which we've had? Well, if we have an understanding of what God, um, that, that, I should say that God has a plan for us, we can understand you know, what, what, what uh, um, Paul says in Romans 8, 28, that he uses all of those things for the good of, of those who love him or are called according to his purpose. So I think it's, it's, it's understanding that, 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 that God is working. And Paul tells, um, I think it's in Philippians 1, Paul says to that church, he's like, um, God's going to complete the work in which he started in you. 
And I think that that's important for everyone to hear that. Because I think too many times what we hear is like, I want to be a, 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 a better disciple and I want this, but I made this mistake and I've done this. Well, if God started to work in you, the Bible says he'll complete that work in you. You're not to be thrown away, thrown out with the garbage. What we have to do is we have to accept that God is who he says he is. And when we're looking at this, that's where that right behavior comes from. If you, if I, if we view God as he is, as the all-powerful, as the almighty, as the omniscient, as the omnipresent, as he sees everything and is in control of everything, as we, if we live our life, um, last week we talked about Psalm 104, if we live our life in light of that, the way in which we think about him is going to be different, which is going to change the trajectory of our lives. So when hardship happens, we can understand that, man, the world looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket, but I know that God's in control. We can have that mindset. So with all of that, that's the right behavior, but that's not really what I want to talk about today. That was just an introduction. We ready for the good stuff? Yep. All right. The reproductivity, the reproductiveness in which I think that is most important um, outside of discipleship, outside of discipleship, but it, it plays into discipleship, is relational moments. Relational moments. If you don't hear anything else that, I, that I've said or you, you, you're thinking like, man, you're talking way too much. Yes, I know I talk too much. And then I have the audacity to tell Gabe, will you just shut up? You're driving me nuts, right? He comes by it naturally. I, I know that. But if you don't hear anything, shut up. If you don't... <laughs> I know it came from over here. So, yeah, I know, my dad. Uh, yes, if you don't hear anything else, relational moments is what I want you to hear. Because um, I, I believe that we need to be able to take something away from the message and be able to apply it to our lives throughout the week, right? And I don't expect everybody to, to, get, to remember every single thing in which I've said, because I don't remember every single thing in which I said. I, Scott and I, my buddy, um, which he'll be here uh, in, in a few weeks, um, he's, he's another pastor, he, uh, him and I were talking, and I told him, I was like, uh, do you ever, I asked him, I like, do you ever listen to your own messages? And he says, well, no, Why? I said, well, I do because I don't even remember half the things I say most of the time. So I got to go back through and take notes. So you're in good company, right? You're like, I don't know how to take it. If you were more um, on, on like my brother Dan, you would understand that uh, I'm just being led by the Spirit and the Spirit speaking. <laughs> Come on now, wake up. I'm not standing up here sweating my butt off for nothing. It is a little warm relational moments have i have i stalled long enough for that kind of to sink in relational moments what are relational moments and i i have termed this i've kind of put this into a clear definition for you it's they are relational moments are intentional interactions or conversations focused on moving closer to god keywords here is intentional Interactions or conversations, however you want to look at that. I mean, you might, have an, you might call it an interaction with somebody or whatever, a conversation. So it's an intentional interaction focused on moving closer to God. That's moving yourself and the individual in which you're talking to closer to God. 
Maybe the, the individual in which you're talking to is very far from God. I'm not saying that you're dragging them from the, the, the pit of hell over here all the way to God. M- maybe you're just in the conversation in which you're having, you're, you're, you're um, engaging them to take a step. Maybe it might just be one step. Maybe two, whatever it is. But there has to be an intentional approach to this. There has to be this intentional interaction that's focused on moving closer to God. That's not self-propagation. It's not propping yourself up saying, hey, look how much I know about the Bible or look how much I know about who Jesus is. That, that's, that, that's not the, the, the goal. The goal is to help people it's like my goal every Sunday is to help you. I consider this an interaction. My goal is to help in this intentional interaction is to move you closer to God. So these relational moments, this is a relational moment. But the relational moments are, are uh, moments that helps with the steps. Maybe a relational moment is encouraging someone. Maybe they're already a, a believer in Jesus Christ and they just need some encouragement. M- maybe they've fallen. Maybe they just need picked up whatever, but maybe that intentional interaction, that relational moment is just encouraging them in their daily walk. And by encouraging them, you're helping them take a a step closer to who God is and understanding what he has for their lives. Maybe it's new revelation. When I say new revelation, maybe it is someone who has never heard about the truth of the gospel and you're able to, through your interaction, reveal to them what God has planned for them, that God loves them, and he has, he has purpose for them. It, it, I think there's, there's, there's a, a, a wide gamut here. And what I've done is I think that if we think of these relational moments, and I'm going to use this term, God talk, because you guys can remember that. Use these relational moments for your God talk. What is God talk? Everything that I just talked about. Anything that that you can engage with someone to help them move closer to God, and not only them, but yourself. We've used throughout the years here that we need to, what, build a bridge for what? Build a bridge that can bear the weight of truth, right. We're we're about bridge building. These relational moments that we want to see reproduce inside of our midst, and some of them need to happen right inside here. We need to build better relationships inside here because what happens is too many times we think about I need to build outside here, 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 whatever, but we fail to see that we need bridges built here and we want to build bridges that can bear the weight of truth. We need to have those relational moments, those moments where we can say that, um, hey, I'm, I'm with you. No, no, no matter what it is, I'm here with you. I want to uh, uh, um, engage in your life. Last week, I think I said something about masks. And, and too many times we come to church and we have a mask on, and it's not to deceive others, but it's to hide our own insecurities and our own failures and stuff behind. We need to take the mask off because we're not going to be able um, to engage in relational moments if we come in there lying or we're coming in false. If we take the mask off and we understand that um, God can use us, understand that these moments that God has, it doesn't matter if you're at work or if you're at home, whatever it may be. How about this? Let's do a little little, um, uh, exercise not right now. It's not physical. This is 
homework, whatever. Yes, I'm like, oh, goodness. I don't want to be sweating like he is. All right, right, good. So let's do a little exercise this week. Just identify at least once a day. This This should be simple. And you can't do it all, like you can't go home today and do it like seven times, like, oh, I got it all. No, but identify once a day a relational moment in which you, you have. That could be with your, your, your wife, your husband, it could be with um, your children, it, whatever it may be. Just once a day, just, just identify uh, the, 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 an, an intentional interaction to help um, uh, move closer to God. Do, do that, and if you're an overachiever, see if you about twice a day. Maybe you are a super duper uber overachiever. See if you can do it in each of the contexts in which you're in. What do I mean? So, okay, at home, maybe you can do it with your spouse. Um, and then if you have kids, maybe you can do one with your kids. And then at work, maybe you can do one with the, the, the group that you hang out at work. If you have any extracurricular activities, maybe you can do one with it. I mean, you, you, if you just do one, and, and it could be a, a, a simple 30-second conversation. I'm not saying that everybody's got to just break out and, and lead someone through the, the Romans road. It would be awesome if you did. If you led them to Jesus, that's awesome. But how many of you could? How many of us? How many, how, how many of those moments are, are we missing? Are we not reproducing because we're just letting like, these opportunities fly by? Because we're not intentional about them. J- just, just being intentional. And like I said, you can, you're required to do one. But uber overachievers do one in every context. Right? Feel free to share what it is, any interactions you have in those conversations with me. Email me. Tell me. I don't care. I would love to hear because I, I'm, I'm convinced that if we take the time and we're intentional in, in the reproductivity of what it is that we have to do or we need to do as, as a church, the health of the church is going to explode. I'm not saying the numbers. I'm saying the health. So when we come together, we know how we are supposed to behave, how we're to act, how God is moving so that we don't have to say, oh, I got to go to church this Sunday. No, so we have an eagerness that I get to go to church this Sunday because I get that's a fertile place where I can, I can grow and I can be more pleasing to God because I can learn how to be more pleasing to him. And, and, and I can help draw people to him because I, I'll tell you this, and I'm right there with you. God is not impressed with any of us in here. God is not impressed with your 401k. God is not impressed with your abilities. God is not impressed with um, your, 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 you know, your hole-in-one that you got last week. I don't know. Anybody get a hole-in-one last week? It's golf. I don't golf anymore, right? <laughs> the toilet doesn't count, Dad. Um, <laughs> my sock. <clears throat> yes, touche. God's not impressed with that either. <laughs> God is not in, So why do I say that? Because sometimes we try to like, gain his approval. God's not impressed with what we do or what, we, what we've done. God's impressed with what his son has done. And that free gift in which he has given us, we accept that. And in accepting the free gift that Jesus has given uh, to us, and he, he has uh, shed his blood for us, that's how God views us. So when we, how can we live in a, a, a moment that it is um, um, dang near impossible to live in? 
When everybody's look, you think that everybody's looking at you cross-eyed and funky, well, maybe they are, but the way in which God is, is looking at you as his child is with love, is with acceptance, is with significance, is with security. And at the end of time, and I love how, how Paul says that we're to set our minds on things that are above and not on the things on earth, because at the end of time, God's... Um, what am I looking for? God's acceptance of you or God's perspective of you. That's what I was looking for. God's perspective of you is all that matters. And if he sees you through the blood of his son, he says, like the seagulls on, on Finding Nemo, mine, 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 mine. If the God of all the universe, the one who has all authority and all power, says that you're mine, who's going to take you away? The devil's going to try to deceive you. But who's going to take you away? I think that, that, that having the, the, the clear understanding of, of, of moving closer to God and, and understanding, like, I want to please him because he's done so much for me. You're never going to pay God back. Let's get that out there. You're never going to pay him back. I'm never, none of us are never going to pay back God for what he's done for us. That's why it's called grace. It's unmerited favor. God has unmerited favor on us. We're never going to pay him back. But what we can do is we can look at what he has done for us and say, dang, I want to be more pleasing to him. And that's what we need to reproduce constantly is that the, 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 those moments I can, where I can, I don't want to say prove my love. And I, don't want to say, I don't want to say that, but show my love for the one who's shown us unconditional love. That's where I think the healthy church needs to be. So it's real, it's relational, it's reproductive. And when we get that, look out. The kingdom of God will be manifest among us in, in, in the months to come, the weeks to come here. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God will be so manifest among us that people are going to be like, there's something different. Yes, and it's not just because we come together and sweat our, bet, or sweat our butts off, right? There's something different because the spirit of God's moving inside of us. Let's end with that.